It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, Anything's possible. days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays Welcome back This is the Locked On Celtics Podcast And we want to thank you for making us part of your regular routine Notice I did not say daily Because I think it's a little bit ambitious now In the middle of July to say daily there's not a whole lot to talk about. I thought we might be daily this week. Not going to happen. Not a lot going on. But we're still here on a regular basis to talk Celtics with you. We're the Rain of Jays. I am John Corrales. I cover the team for MassLive.com. And I'm joined by Samuel Jamison Packard the third. Jam! Also known as Ladies Love Cool Jam. Jam! <laughs> young baby sandwich. Jam. That was aggressive. That was a very aggressive one. That's good. All right. So uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, whatever things are out there, uh, including the Celtics. There's a little over-under that was uh, put out by uh, betonline.ag. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the 15th roster spot that's still open. And then who knows what we'll finish up the podcast. Somehow there will be a third segment. It will involve us talking about basketball. You better believe it. There's going to be a third segment. So let's dive into this fantastic July podcast, a Wednesday podcast. Mind you, it's the middle of your week. We're here to get you through it over under 48 and a half wins. The Boston Celtics win total set over under at 48 and a half feels i don't know maybe it's just my reaction to everything that's happened this offseason feels a little high but maybe i'm wrong no i mean that that was my reaction too and i'm i'm gonna try and thread a real difficult needle here by being a sports sports optimist but i think if i was a betting man i would have to go low i mean the Celtics, the, their offseason, their pit, two big minuses were minus uh, Kyrie and minus Al Horford. You have a reasonable facsimile of Kyrie and Kemba Walker in terms of production, but you still don't have Al Horford. And so I just don't know what they're going to do at the center position. And that feels pretty important to both their offense and defense. And so I just don't see it like a, a path to, to 49 wins. It's just... I mean, with Al Horford's three seasons, they had 49 last year, 55 and 53. And then before that, uh, in the Isaiah Thomas's, uh, I guess, first year as a starter, they had 48 wins. But I don't know. It just feels like that. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just nervous after picking them to win 
uh, what was it, 75 games last yeah. year? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're up there. Um, maybe I was trying to learn, but it's it's just 48 seems high. It felt it felt right at the time. It felt right at the time. 48 and a half. So what, the Celtics will have, I think, a good offense. Um, they will be playing in a tough, I mean, a, a not-so-tough Eastern Conference. Uh, they are tied, by the way, with the Indiana Pacers. The way, the way it all shakes out is um, the Milwaukee Bucks are first at, I think, 55 and a half. The uh, Philadelphia 76ers are at 53 and a half. And then the um, Celtics, wait, Milwaukee, what did I say? Milwaukee's 54 and a half. Philly's at 53 and a half. Boston is at 48 and a half, tied with the Indiana Pacers. So, where are the Raptors? The Toronto Raptors are 45 and a half. So, it's an interesting little mix. There's the, the Celtics season right now, as we look at it in the middle of July, can go so many different ways. There is the possibility that the chemistry can come together, that Kemba Walker is a, a third-team All-NBA guy, could be, again, a third-team, maybe second-team All-NBA guy, who knows, could be in that mix, that Jason Tatum could ascend to an all-star level player that Jalen Brown could ascend to a borderline all-star player and that the Celtics could go off and win 50 plus games. That's not, it's optimistic. It's not, it's not out of the question. You may, maybe you want to say it's unrealistic. Fine. But I mean, we're talking about like absolute, absolute ceiling, the absolute ceiling for this team. They could win 50 games if everything goes right. We know that not everything goes right, that things after last season, maybe things rarely go right. But there's there's that in them. There's also the possibility that Kemba doesn't jive with these guys. The, the chemistry is wrong. And everything goes to shit. And it's a 42-win team. Uh, I mean, I think that there's the, like likelihood i feel like everything we hear about kemba is he's just a solid dude it clearly feels like kyrie irving was a kind of a toxic force last year i think the chemistry can uh be there the team can go back to being a very scrappy uh underdog team that wins like more games than it should uh and is really like plays with the ethos that marcus smart has and everything's going to be great but they're still i still think they're right like there in that 46 45 win range just because the like the the entire it feels like the read and react offense and and kind of playing with spacing it feels really dependent on having a guy like Al Horford who can stretch the floor and shoot. I think it's no surprise that Isaiah Thomas had his best offensive season ever uh, when he's like got Al Horford into the game at, or on his team and kind of having a guy who can pick and pop and knock down that three just opens up spacing so much more for driving and with this the equal opportunity offense I just think the Celtics offense is predicated on playing a lot of five out and they can do that at times. They certainly have some players who can do that. It's Daniel Tice um, is an option there. I don't know about if Grant Williams can be that um, final guy, or even if it's um, time Lord, if he can be uh, passing that much, but 
you put in one of those guys, it, then the, the defense takes a hit, and it just feels like therein lies the beauty of Al Horford of being the, the kind of the great two-way player. I just don't like just don't think they have like the functional pieces right now. Even if the chemistry is great, even if Jalen and Jason Tatum uh, take a little step forward, they just don't have like the the roster construction to I think win a lot of games because either they're going to be not have great spacing on the offensive end and the offense will struggle, or on the defensive end it feels like they're going to like struggle to stop anyone unless it's a, another small team. I am shocked at how you've kind of let go of the sports optimism. I'm still optimistic, baby, for the future. It's just not this year. <laughs> I got to be got to be realistic. Yeah, I know, I get it. I actually I've said multiple times. I'm I'm not looking at this year in terms of wins and losses. Like I, it's not I don't think the wins and losses are what's important this year. Um uh, even though in the midst of the season, the wins and losses become important. Like you, you look at individual wins and losses and say, Oh, they could have won this game. They should have won this game and whatever like that. That is definitely going to happen. But now with the luxury of being months out of uh, what, like two and a half months out of the beginning of the season. And you can take this big picture view. I've said all along that the the priority for the Celtics this year is figuring out exactly who the uh, who they have. What's Jason Tatum? What's Jalen Brown? Wh- what do they have in their in the fold? What moves do they have to make? Do they have to go ahead and shop one or, or both of those guys because what they don't have is like what, what they have here is is not what they expected. I, I don't know how that's all going to play out, but they need to figure all that stuff out. What's Robert Williams going to be? Which is why I'm I'm such a proponent of playing Robert Williams 30, 35 minutes and sending him to Maine and just giving him those. Like to me, the minutes for him are more important than anything. Even if his rebounding or shot blocking could give the Celtics two or three more wins to get them within that spitting distance of 48 and a half. Like I would rather sacrifice a few wins than put Robert Williams in that position to get 10 minutes a game in the NBA. Cause I think the 30 minutes a game in the G league will be better off for him. So I've been thinking about this and I'm, I'm going to issue a counterpoint. Ooh, Do you think Robert, Robert Williams is ever going to be a 30 minute a game player in the league? It feels like there could be, if we're just focusing on, Robert Williams' development, if that's the overall goal here, wouldn't uh, like mastery or of the role of playing like 15 to 20 minutes a game be more important? Isn't there value to be gained of like, because we talk a lot about how players adjusting to their role and know like having a different mentality, whether it be starter Terry Rozier or uh, coming off the bench. And uh, there's, there's a skill in kind of being able to come off the bench and do your best in, I guess, shorter rotations and, and like making an impact in the 20 minutes uh, you're going to be on the court. Is there not value in him mastering that, of him going in and learning like the mentality of, I'm going to be the best player on the court for that 20 minutes, rather than playing and being like the kind of the focus of attention and developing a skill set of a 30-minute player game when that's just not something he's going to naturally do in the NBA? Well, I'll start by saying that I'm not going to put a limit 
on him right away. I'm not going to go out there and say you're a 20 minute a game guy. Ooh, countering me with the growth mindset. Ooh, right. no, well done, well done. Thank you, thank you. Um, because you don't know what he's going to be. If he's going to be a starter someday, then he may get 30, 32 minutes. So, but even if he's not, even if he is ultimately a 20 minute a game guy, I'd rather have him expand out and learn everything he needs to learn. And it's not necessarily about being a 32-minute or whatever a game uh, guy. It's about giving him those minutes so he can make the mistakes, learn, and go out and fix those mistakes. And I think the more minutes that he gets, you know, within reason, that it'll it'll help him develop. Uh, and I'm basing this very much on what I've seen just in a few few days in the G League that you see like little bits of a progression, little glimpses of an NBA level center. The things that he did in the high post are intriguing. The things that he did out of the low post are intriguing. A lot of the things that he, a lot of the skills that he has, if you can drill into his head, the fundamentals, it's all very intriguing. What I'm afraid of is you use him, in those 20 minutes and you, you pigeonhole him and you don't get the full breadth of his development. And so I'd rather have him do all of that. And if it becomes, well, you're a 20 minute a game guy, then fine. That's what it is. But I don't want to waste the talent that's there. And I just think like there's a, a very raw lump of clay with Robert Williams. And I, I, feel like it's imperative that they get this right because he can be a very important piece to the future uh, why don't we save your reaction we're going to take a break we're going to come back and get your reaction after the break right here in the locked on celtics podcast nfl teams making bold final moves before the start of the season from our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked on NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA Podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. 
before the break, I laid out my my point for Robert Williams. Jam hit me with a counterpoint. I countered that counterpoint. Now what's the counter to that counter to the counter? Rook to E7. Um, I think – I still think you risk – because in in the G League, he he's going to be one of the better players on the floor. And mm-hmm. I know the point of the G League is to try and mirror the system – of um the major league club and like try to like so all the concepts are the same but it feels like if you put robert williams in 30 minutes a game your his usage rate will likely go up and you're going to be basically asking him to do things in the g league that he would never do like actually do uh while playing for the celtics because the ball shouldn't be in his his hands that much he's really going to be uh a rim running big i don't know if in the g league you're expecting him to do a lot more or if you're able to can kind of just contain him to the things um, that he's supposed to be doing uh, in the NBA. I think that if you're if you want him to master just setting picks and rolling to the rim or dribble handoffs uh, in the high post, I don't think there's a better training ground to for doing that than uh, against the the top talent in the league. I, I think he seems like he's plenty capable of playing. Uh, at least 15 minutes a game in the NBA this year, it just feels like why not try to master those skills, uh, like the small things first before you try to build out even more. Like, like if you're just going to start doing the building blocks and you're capable of doing those things in the NBA, prove that you can do those things in the NBA before you try to add to your game. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Like, are you just going to be running or putting the ball in whoever G G league guard, uh, anonymous man X and just like having Robert Williams just play the exact same role as he is in the NBA and just like not really, I don't know. It feels like there's just a potential to you're changing like what you, the, the focus you're making it too much just about Robert Williams dominating the G league and not enough about him working on those specific skills. Cause if it's just working on those specific skills, it feels like the best place for him to do that is against the best competition and with the players he's ultimately going to play with uh, if he's like remains on the Celtics. Well, I feel like it's, first of all, his point guard will probably be Tremont waters. Um, so he'll have some familiarity with him. There's obviously the Celtics are going to install their own system, their coach and all of that stuff. Um, I want him to be able to go out there and play. And, but we just said that this, like, they're not going to win the championship. Why can't he just go out there and play in the Boston? Because who's going to take his spot? Who's going to like go out there and basically so, okay. deserve more minutes than him? You sign Enos Cantor. You got Vincent Poirier. You got Daniel Tice. There's three guys that expect minutes. One thing I don't want is a big man version of the Gordon Hayward thing that happened last year in the locker room where a couple of guys get pissed off. Like, why is he playing? I'm better than him. Like you, you signed Cantor, you signed Poirier, you got Cantor. Who's like, why did I come over here? And Cantor's not shy about talking. So that could be potentially a problem. Now you can say, well, who gives a shit about Cantor? But that's the situation. They have him is under contract. That's what you got to deal with. So I, I would rather not have these guys say, I didn't come here to stand to play behind a guy who's developing. I came here to play basketball and help this team. And so that's that's one of the things that I, I just I want to avoid. If 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 Robert Williams goes to training camp and outplays those guys and earns those minutes, great. Fine. I don't I don't really care whether it's Boston or Maine for Robert Williams, 
I think realistically it's Maine. And it's Maine because I put the 30-minute number out there because it, that allows him to play, make a mistake, have the coach yell over to him, no, do this, blah, 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 and he goes out and continues playing rather than him coming to the bench, sitting down, whatever, losing out minutes because other capable people are behind him. Go out to Maine, do this thing, focus on your fundamentals, getting the, the repetition. Repetition is so huge for him. The low, the locked, the loaded, the, the, the long, like get low, get your arms out, slide. No, don't just block shots, prevent shots from even happening. Force guys who are driving into mid range shots. Like those are the little things that he needs to learn. And I want him to learn them in an environment where he can just do, okay, you, you didn't do that. Do this, go back out there and try it again. And it's not going to impact anybody on Boston. It's not going to impact Tatum's numbers. It's not going to impact Kemba Walker's numbers. It's not going to impact playing time for any any of the other bigs that they've signed. It's just go out there, do it, go back to practice, have a very focused video session where you can be the guy that's getting the focus coaching. Like all of that stuff I think matters. And maybe in two, three months, He'll pick up that repetition and he'll be good enough to go to the NBA and do it. I just feel like at the beginning, the first few months at the very least, maybe it's the whole season, maybe it's not. I don't know. But get out there, get that muscle memory, learn how to do it the right way, then do it at the next level. And I, I just don't know if like the, the bigs rotation is deep enough where we can be like so, say Robert Williams does not goes to Maine. Who's your backup five? Are like, is Daniel Tice? We, there's still a lot of big man minutes to fill up. Uh, are you playing a lot of small ball lineups? Like Enos Canner, I'm looking at him. Like the most he's ever played, he played 31 minutes a game in 2014 for the Thunder. But normally he's around 25. You still have a lot of minutes to play at the five. I know Tice is going to take up some. I know. Uh, big French sexy. I can't even remember how to pronounce his last name. We'll probably get a look, but he's, uh, Robert Williams has proven himself more in the NBA than that guy. It just feels like there's, there's definitely room for, for, uh, the Dime Lord on this team. And so I think if he's going to be making contributions to, to winning, there's just, the Celtics don't have that much like better options. So just, to, it feels weird to, to cut him or to put him there before things have even started just because, he could be better than Enos Kanter. Like there, it just talk about if you want to go back on the growth mindset, you should open it up and say he should be, be ready to compete in the NBA level because he can already do that. So why like cut him down and say and start, already start him in Maine? I again, I want to be clear that I'm not saying that that's like I'm not opposed to him starting in Boston. Like if 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 he's but. The important thing, I think, is he has to earn that spot, okay? He has to be better than Cantor. He has to be demonstratively better than the other bigs. Like, if he earns 20 minutes in the NBA, okay, fine. Then he earns 20 minutes in the NBA. Like, if that's if, if he's good enough to do it, then he's good enough to do it. Then we've kind of skipped a step, whatever. My only, the only reason that I'm advocating for Maine for him 
is to get him the repetition because I don't think right now that he's ready to beat those other guys out. I don't think he's I don't think he's good enough yet to come in and contribute. Now between now and training camp, he might prove that wrong. Maybe in training camp he earns those minutes. That's fine. That's great. Good for him. Like I'm not gonna argue if they say, hey, Robert Williams is is gonna play, like he's gonna be our first big off the bench. Okay, fine. I'm not gonna get pissed off about that. What I will get pissed off about though is if he stays in Boston, plays five minutes a game, and doesn't get the opportunity to develop. Because I think he has the potential to be a good NBA player. I've seen when he does fundamental things, I've seen him slide and cut guys off and prevent shots, not just turn his hips and run and block shots. Like, Turning his hips and running and blocking shots, that's fine. That's a nice highlight. But that just means a guy is getting to the rim, which means he's he's opening himself up to fouls. But if he's sliding and cutting guys off, then maybe his, he doesn't get as many blocks, but he's preventing as many shots as he would have normally. So if he has those fundamentals, if he can do all of those things and stay with the Celtics, fantastic. I'm all for it. I personally don't think he's there yet. And that's why I'm on the main thing. I think ultimately it, go, it goes back to how we started the podcast. We're talking about how 48 wins felt like a, a, a high uh, over-under for the Celtics there. Like ultimately, him making a bunch of mistakes in the NBA, um, there's less consequences. It feels like so, so the Celtics would win 40 four games instead of 48. Like ultimately this is not a championship team. So they, I feels like the Celtics have more leeway to test a guy on the NBA level than necessarily sending him to the G league. But I mean, of course it's all going to be about like what he's able to do. If you, in the scenario you presented where he's playing five minutes a game, cause he's really messing up then yeah, send him to Maine. But I just think it's uh, because the big lineup is so kind of the big lineup. So small in terms of talent, I think that he's just like, he has the he should start and have the opportunity uh, to kind of earn it in Boston before we're we're deciding where he plays. Yeah, I I just feel like that for Brad Stevens for the guys who are on the floor. There's you you don't want to have like I did say at the beginning that I think finding out what Tatum and Brown are is important, uh, but they're so much further along, and and that just means getting them more opportunity, getting running the offense through them more. Um, that could still lead to beating that 48.5. You got Kemba Walker in here for a reason. Uh, Enos Cantor is who he is, but he's still pretty good offensively. I still think that this is kind of a weird combination. They still want to win games, but also develop. I just, my fear with Williams is that he's, He's not going to get the right amount of time in Boston with how all these other guys, they just want to win and kind of prove some things wrong after the way last season went. So I I don't want Williams to be caught up in that. I don't want any resentment. I don't want any toxicity in the locker room. So if, if he can stay in Boston with all of, all of those goals met, then fantastic. 
getting back before we go to our next break, uh, getting back to the over-under, uh, I still think the Celtics have the ability to get hit the over on this. I, I think with Milwaukee and Philly probably being, I'll say clear one, two, only because Milwaukee is obviously number one. And I think Philly has enough talent to kind of separate itself enough to say that they stand out a little bit. And like, they're not so far ahead, but Boston being in that mix for the third seed, the rest of the East, I think they'll pick up some wins along the way. Um, so however the Robert Williams things play plays out, I, I think the Celtics are going to still focus on winning. And so to bring it back full circle, I'm taking the over ever Woo! so slightly, ever so slightly. It may be 49 wins. It may be 50. I'm not going 55 wins, but I think. Print the T-shirts now. 49 wins and a second round playoff exit. There you go. Woo-hoo! Tell you what, what do you think? If the Celtics have the exact same season they did last year, minus like the disappointing people losses, people will be thrilled, right? Like if the losses aren't like crushing losses, if they're just like normal losses, people would sign up for that. I think. If we learned anything from last year, is keep the expectations low. <laughs> anything after that is gravy. So I like I think it will be a, like a much more fun season. I think the the Celtics will actually. Um, I think the tr- good Celtics fans will take enjoyment in things like the development of Robert Williams, him getting better, and the development of players. Uh, but I think we have to be realistic in terms of title contention, which apparently, like this is in the we we're in Boston, so it's the the championship or bust mentality. I just think you have to accept that that that's not going to happen this year. And uh, still, this is where the sports optimism comes back. You have to accept that the team's not going to win the championship, but still have like the positive mindset going into the season that it's going to be fun and appreciate the development of the players um, and, and like the effort of the team rather than this kind of holy grail focus on winning the championship. Just because the Celtics are still in contention to do that, I think they have the potential to do that in years to come. Uh, so why not enjoy the ride at, at this point? Because it's, it's not necessarily coming this year. And like face it, last year. I was expecting them to win 65 games, and when they didn't, it was upsetting. Yeah, that's true. That is true. All right, so we actually have a third segment because what was supposed to be our second segment, we've blown through that time. So we'll come back and talk about the 15th roster spot. Taco, fall, taco fall Talk after the break here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. So the Boston Celtics still have an open roster spot. Uh, we don't know exactly how that's going to go. They have $1.1 million left to spend. And we don't know how they're going to spend it. So what do you, Sam Jam Packard, Samuel Jamison Packard III, what do you think the Celtics should do with their 15th roster spot? That is a good question. The possibility. Thanks. Let me let's run through the possibilities here. They could sign Tremont Waters just to a like a, a deal, a second rounder deal for I guess that one point one million, like they did Carson Edwards. They could give him guaranteed money. 
And then they can make Taco Fall the second two-way guy. Now, that's uh, the bonus of getting more taco in your life. And I like the idea of uh, taco um, in a main Red Claws jersey. Maybe you get him to dress up like the lobster. Maybe you get him to fight some lobsters. Who knows? But taco in Maine is just fantastic to me. <laughs> but what are what are the other options on the table? Is it, is it using – then it's assigning Tremont Waters to the two-way deal and then using that $1.1 million on uh, hypothetical 15th big man to be named later. Now, at that point, because the veteran minimum for next year for anybody with any experience is $1.4 million, which you can sign. You don't need the cap space to sign that guy. So you can go with um, – Ooh, we can get a, a wise vet. What's Gerald Wallace doing? <laughs> that guy sounded like a didgeridoo. He's all sorts of entertainment. <laughs> Someone in my mailbag for Mass Live suggested Kenneth Fareed. And you can sign Kenneth Fareed, for example, to a $2.4 million contract because he's a 10-year veteran. And at the minimum, you can give him two years, $5 million or whatever, Um Whatever it is, and and that doesn't even touch your cap space. It doesn't. Um, so that's that is an option for the Celtics. Basically, two options. It seems like they have the ability to upgrade Waters and use that one point one million. So Carson Edwards in this upcoming season is making one point two million. So you give Tremont Waters something less than that, a million. 890,000 of the rookie minimum, whatever you sign him to a multi-year deal. That's guaranteed. That's your cap space. You can do that. It feels like when they, a stretched, um, Garsha, Gershon Yabuselli and rescinded the qualifying offer to, uh, Daniel Tice, that opened up the space to do this stuff. They can still sign Daniel Tice. It doesn't matter. Like that's going to happen. Uh, but by stretching Yabu, they opened up a little extra money. They paid uh, Vincent Poirier. I'm assuming it's Poirier. We'll have to figure out the pronunciation on that name. They paid Poirier the $2.3 million or so this year. That $1.1 million that's left over feels like that's earmarked for Waters. Um, and maybe we haven't heard about that yet because of the tragedy in the Waters family and, and the contractual stuff has been put to the wayside for a little while. But again, it's important to note that also that could be the plan, but they don't need to do it now because with the contract that Taco Fall is on, that Exhibit 10 thing, that brings him into camp anyway. So the Celtics, this can go for another two months before it's resolved. So, But... If they if they sign Waters, do they have to guarantee the second year? Like, is if for no. if you sign a second round draft pick, can you sign him to a one year deal and then have like I'm pretty like I'm not sure what the rookie scale is, but it feels like when you sign the second rounder, most of the times it's a multi year deal, and I just don't know if that second, money in the second year has to be guaranteed or not. Second year players are there's no nothing. They're basically under no guideline no scale no nothing so they can sign him they can give him 10 million dollars whatever the he's like a free agent so um they can give him a one-year deal with um a team option uh that part how they structure the rookie contract i'm not sure because somewhere along the way he has to become 
uh, a restricted free agent. Like there's, uh, there's a team option and there's, there's stuff like whatever, but whatever that first year is, they don't, I don't think they have to guarantee a second year. They could do like first year, second year team option. And then whatever they, they could structure it. I guess that makes him uh, an unrestricted free agent, I suppose. Um, it feels like if you like really believe in Tremont waters, like you want to kind of give him a, a, a longer term option, because if you can lock in a guy who think is NBA ready for like a million and a half a year, then that's like a, a steal of a contract. It's just whether or not you like, can truly evaluate that and believe that like before they actually have to make a decision. It is nice that they don't like it. They're not forced to make this right now. And I'm very open to the idea of uh, pulling in a Wiley vet. Who's basically just another coach. Um, but it, it depends who that vet is. I don't know. It depends how much you uh, think Tremont waters is a player of the future. And I just don't know if we have enough information for that to make that decision right now. Yeah. I'm punting on the 15th person question. I don't know. I'm not paid to do this. <laughs> you can, um, let me see. I'm just trying to figure out what they can sign. Uh, they, I mean, they can sign waters to a, uh, yeah, I don't think there are any limitations. So you, I mean, you can give him that $1 million, uh, 1.1 and say, you're going to give him a, three-year, $3.5 million deal with, you know, non-guarantee, non-guarantee, um, and then whatever, he becomes a free agent. I'm not fully versed on whether he needs to be unrestricted or, or all of that stuff, but uh, if they're going to use the cap space, I'll put it this way. I'll, I'll simplify it. The only way they're going to use that cap space is by converting Tremont Waters to – a there's two ways actually converting Tremont waters to a guaranteed contract or signing another undrafted guy to that deal. So somebody else, somebody has to be signed to like a rookie minimum. Anybody with any experience at all, even one year makes more than the cap space. That becomes a minimum deal in the other way, uh, uh, a minimum contract deal. So I'm, trying to read the tea leaves and say they opened up, they stretched Yabu when they didn't have to, to open up this cap space to make certain things happen. And this 1.1 million feels like that they're going to give it to Tremont waters. They're going to give taco fall a two way contract. And the, the advantage here is that rather than the camp cut and, uh, stash in the G league where he's still an NBA free agent and another team can come in and sign him. The two way deal allows you to just hold on to him for a, a year, develop him, and see over the course of a season in the G league, what he's going to be rather than just relying on the week. So um, they could. Well, I found the perfect argument to counter your Robert Williams take. You're going to put Robert Williams in Maine and take away minutes from Taco Falls 30 minutes a game in Maine? It's, uh, it's preposterous. You can't, you can't take minutes away from Taco if he's going to be your, your G League starting center. He can, st- and no, so, he can still be the backup center. He can still be the backup center. No, you Taco need to. Fall, I don't think Taco Fall is going there to play 30 minutes. I think Taco. I think you, you, you need to see what you have in Taco. You need him to make mistakes in the league and he needs to make 30 no, minutes a game if you're going to see counter, what he needs. Here's your counter counter. 
Twin Towers, Taco and Time Lord together. Boom. Well, that's just crazy talk. <laughs> you can't have that much height in basketball. It should be unseemly. Yeah, I, I think Taco is going to look. What's Taco's ceiling? I think I've always compared Taco to a boba. Taco doesn't have a ceiling. His head's through the ceiling. <laughs> Their ceiling does not exist. Fair the point. limit does not Fair exist. Point. Fair point. Um, I I feel like you can you can develop both in the G League, um, and Taco is going to come off the bench, and it's just a matter of getting him. You want to you want to see if he can what he can do over and over again. I I I don't mind like fifteenth roster spot is always a fun conversation to have. It is like the most meaningless conversation because it's like no one on the fifteenth roster spot plays. So Tremont Waters giving him a little bit of guaranteed money is nice. Giving him, even if you sign him to the rookie minimum, which is more, much more than the two-way, so he'll agree to that. He was already agreeing to the two-way, which is like $250,000, which doesn't count against the cap, by the way. But you give him almost $900,000, and however you structure the rest of the contract, I'm sure he's going to jump at that chance. You still send him to the G League for the whole year. Like None, none of that changes. You keep Taco. You get a look at Taco. I, I think I think that's probably the most prudent play. What are you going to do? Bring Fareed in for what? Like I'd rather have Grant Williams play than Kenneth Fareed. Oh, anyone you sign to the veteran minimum is they shouldn't play unless it's Gigi Detome. Yeah, right. Of course, you bring Gigi in. If you bring Gigi in, then we can bring back. If you bring old... Gigi in, you better just put Yabu Brown. <laughs> that guy's a. a bounty of joy he should just be uh, the fifth yeah uh, you can't really do that if they, if they're going for pure fun they would have never cut yabu no that's true that's true i just want to go back to the old intro the old intro where uh millie's mentioned Gigi in the uh, open oh yeah uh I wonder what Gigi's doing today i'm sure probably playing like, basketball somewhere in europe he's I, i'm sure he's doing living like the exact dream playing professional basketball in italy Eating Italian food, drinking Italian alcohol, and dating Italian women. Like, that's just a beautiful life. Uh, it appears like he plays in the Turkish Basketball League, wow. but he probably does all the other cool stuff. All the other stuff. I mean, Turkish food is good. Everything else, yeah. it all applies. It all applies. Yeah. I always knew this podcast would end up talking about Gigi Tome's sweet Italian slash Turkish lifestyle. Dude, we just talked about the G League and we just talked about Gigi. We really are the old intro. We're the old intro <laughs> for Millie's. <laughs> he just signed a he just signed a, a contract with his Turkish club to, for through the twenty twenty one season. Just did it on July second. Shout wow. to Gigi. He was the Italian League MVP in twenty thirteen. Man, that dude's just living the life, man. He's awesome. killing. Oh, he's a three-time. He's won back-to-back-to-back Turkish League championships. Man, I've got to get into some Turkish basketball. <laughs> you do that, and I'm going to wrap up the podcast and say thanks everybody for listening to this Locked On Celtics podcast. Subscribe. Go ahead. We're still going to roll through the regular of the uh, off season. We'll do it on the regular, but maybe not daily because. As you just heard, there's not a ton to talk about, but where there is a topic, we will be here 
to discuss it. So go ahead and subscribe wherever podcasts exist. You could also ask your smart device at home or in the car to play podcast Lockdown Celtics. And, of course, we ask everybody to give us a good written review and a five-star rating and share the podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody. Listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.